What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another EM Board Bombs. This is a very special treat. With the ITE around the corner, Iltifat and I are bestowing several Rapid Bomb gifts, basically, to our listeners as kind of a nice preview of what you'll get if you get Rapid Bombs. So we thought, hey, Friday afternoon, why not? Nice little treat. It's been a long week for everyone. <laughs> why not give an awesome topic? This was one of our more popular episodes downloaded by our premium subscribers, will potentially be on your board exam or the ITE, which is coming up in a few weeks. So Iltifat and I wanted to give this as a nice little treat and show kind of what you're going to get if you get Rapid Bombs. Of course, if you enjoy EM Board Bombs, this is what you'll get, the EM Rapid Bombs podcast. We prepare you for boards and clinical practice. And what you'll see here is the exact episode of what you'll get when it comes to EM Rapid Bombs. Short two to four minutes where we drop high-yield bombs in a question-answer format. It'll get seared into your memory. We practice coaching where we tell you what the test is going to talk about and what to expect in real life. The key here is that we're not wasting your time when you want to study. You're not just studying for the test. You're not just using traditional question banks. You're optimizing your time. And by listening to our board pearls, we will help you with the test, but more importantly, we'll help you with hashtag EMLife. You can sign up at emrapidbombs.supercast.com. You can also look at the show notes of this podcast. Otherwise, enjoy the nice little gift. A 76-year-old male arrives with tachycardia, dyspnea, and chest pain. He undergoes CTA of the chest, and a large segmental PE is identified. He suddenly becomes hypotensive. One liter of crystalloid is given with no response. The decision is made to give thrombolytics. What else should be started? Choice A. Another liter of crystalloid. Choice B, norepinephrine drip. Choice C, epinephrine drip. Choice D, dibutamine drip. Correct answer here is choice B, norepinephrine drip, otherwise known as Levafed, brand name. In this question, we're talking about critically ill PE patients. So when there is a PE causing acute obstruction to RV outflow, right, ventricular outflow, this leads to circulatory failure, which is the number one cause of death in patients with PE. The three key areas we need to focus on for management include respiratory support, cardiac support, and finally, thrombolytics, which we're going to cover in another question. So for respiratory support, we want to avoid hypoxia and hypercarbia as these promote pulmonary vasoconstriction and worsen cardiac output. The PE in pulmonary arteries can create shunt physiology due to a lack of gas exchange. Pete recruits alveoli that are you know, victims of atelectasis and improves gas exchange in the lungs. You want to try to avoid intubation if possible. I know it's hard to do, but intubation will decrease preload to the right ventricle during RSI from the paralytics and the sedation you give and the positive pressure ventilation. Instead, you want to optimize the patient's breathing as much as possible. High flow nasal cannula, BiPAP, or CPAP, if those fail or are just not viable options, obviously you're left with no choice to intubate. Let's talk about volume expansion. You know, volume expansion is the number one way we treat hypotension in the emergency department in the vast majority of cases. The problem is that is it's really misunderstood here, and it's, it's interesting. Most patients get one to two liters of crystalloid in pretty much any case of undifferentiated shock, standard care, right? However, in the critically ill PE patient, this may cause worsening increased right ventricular pressure. Even just more than 500 milliliters can do this. 
and this can lead to decreased right ventricular coronary perfusion pressure, resulting in you know, right ventricular ischemia. In these patients, we really want to limit the amount of fluids we're infusing. So here's where the correct answer lies. Vasopressors and inotropes. That's your go-to. The early use of vasopressors and inotropes can help enhance right ventricular function. Norepinephrine, as usual, is the king. It's the number one agent here. We want to use this first line. It increases mean arterial pressure, it improves right ventricular function, and it actually does not raise pulmonary vascular pressure. Again, it just seems like a wonderful, wonderful drug. Now, dibutamine and milurinone, which are inotropes, they do the same thing. They decrease pulmonary vascular resistance. The problem is, is that these two drugs, dobutamine and milrinone, can cause hypotension and should be used with vasopressors. So they're not going to be first line. You can give them, but after norepinephrine. Now, if you're trying vasopressors and inotropes with minimal luck, you can think about pulmonary vasodilators if your shop has these. This is inhaled nitric oxide. It's very promising in the management of right ventricular failure. Physiologically, it decreases pulmonary vascular resistance without decreasing systemic pressures. It also appears to improve ventilation perfusion mismatch. Again, this is not commonly available. And as an emergency doctor, I know you're probably rolling your eyes. I've personally never tried it either. You will never be asked about this on the test, and a lot of shops don't have this. So let's do some coaching. So in a critically ill patient, let's remember the key points of care. For oxygenation and respiratory status, try to do high flow nasal cannula and BiPAP early on. If you have to intubate, then really make sure to pre-oxygenate here. For cardiac support, limit your fluids. No more than a liter here. Start vasopressors early. Your go-to presser is norepinephrine, which seems to be the right answer on tests for everything. Add on an inotrope, like dibutamine or milrinone, if the patient is still hypotensive. And that's it.